Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grove and now here's a word from the Lord my God my God Matthew 25 and 14 Matthew 25 14 for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth, hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Pray with me as I attempt to share from this thought, doing the most 
with what I got. Doing the most with what I got. So I shared in the presentation at our congregational meeting this past Thursday night how all of us should be striving to maximize our potential as part of our mission statement. As part of our mission to, to grow individually, to grow collectively, to understand we have potential. We have the capacity to, to grow, become more, and accomplish great things for God. We all have potential. Everybody can grow. We can all grow as followers of Jesus and reach more people. The question is, what will we do with it? What will we do with, with our potential? What will we do with it? Will we steward what the Lord has given us so he finds us faithful or will fear paralyze us and therefore we displease the Lord? Such questioning is undoubtedly worth our consideration for one day. One day we must all stand before the Lord in judgment for what we've done with what he's given us. This, this reminds me, uh, it brings to mind uh, when I was in the military, when I was serving in the Marine Corps, we had, we per had, periodically we had inspections. We had inspections. And some of you served in the military, you know what it's like preparing for inspection. Our buildings, uniforms, workspaces, you name it, had to be inspected. You did not want to fail an inspection. This was the last thing you wanted to do. If you failed an inspection, things would not go well for you. You probably have to work on weekends to get things right or for another inspection. Some folks might get relieved of duty. It could get really, really ugly. So you'd work hard to prepare for the inspection so you'd do well and pass with outstanding results. Outstanding results. You knew, you knew what date and time the inspection was going to happen unless it was what we called a health and comfort inspection. That's when you, you didn't know they were going to come and inspect your, your room in the barracks. You didn't know they were going to come and expect, inspect your wall locker to make sure you didn't have any contraband uh, on, on government property. You, for the most part, you knew the date, time the inspection was going to happen. But regardless of the type of inspection, you wanted to be prepared. You, you wanted to be prepared so that the inspectors would be pleased with what you were doing. Jesus told this parable of the talents because he, he was asked in chapter 24, verse 2, what would happen at the end of time. One thing the Lord made clear was that, is that there would be a judgment. There would be a judgment we'd all face. There, there will be a judgment. And so many people, including people in church, don't want to be judged. They don't want their behavior, character, appearance, lifestyle, nothing inspected and measured against the standard of God's word. People want to dwell in no judgment zones. They, they don't want judgment from their families, co-workers, churches, nor on any social media platforms. We can, we can avoid judgment here on earth. We can avoid uh, judgment from others and adamantly insist that folks refrain from judging us and then get away with not being judged by man on earth. But judgment is coming. Every follower of Jesus will stand before him in judgment, and there's no way around it. No one gets a pass. Judgment is coming. Prepare for it. Prepare for it. Don't get angry with me for telling you that it's coming. Prepare for it. 
Don't avoid churches that love you enough to question if things you're doing align with the word of God. His word is the standard. He's going to use his word to judge us, and we need to be in line with his word. We need to help one another live by the standards laid out in Scripture so we're prepared to stand before the judge who loved us enough to die for us so by his grace we pass his inspection. Here's what the word of God says in Romans 10, Romans 14, 10 through 12, Romans 14, 10 through 12. Why dost thou judge by thy brother or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? Paul's concern was why there were some believers, probably some Gentile believers, looking down in a condescending manner to Jewish believers. They were, there were some believers judging other believers simply by their ethnicity and their race. So Paul was raising this question, but then in Romans 14, 11, he said, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us. Then in 2 Corinthians 5, 10, we're told, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body or her body according to that he or she hath done, whether it be good or bad. So to help his disciples understand this judgment, Jesus told this parable of the talents. This judgment will sort of re resemble a master trusting his servants with some, some of his talents and going away on a long journey. These talents, y'all, these talents are very large sums of money. And this sort of practice was common in Jesus' day where a, a, a master would, would entrust his servants with a certain amount of money and, and be trusting them to do certain things with it uh, uh, to bring him a return. It was, it was common in that day. So as, they are, as his disciples are hearing this story, they can relate. They, they can relate to this. They've heard of this sort of thing happening. Some have said, some have said each talent is all the income an average person would generate in their lifetime. Talent was worth 6,000 denarii in Greek, Roman, and Middle Eastern currency. One denarius was usually the income you'd generate in a day. A talent, though, is worth around 20 years of labor a talent was heavy as the currency in that day and, and time and it was it was measured in weight a talent was around 75 pounds in weight so there are some people who have tried to provide an estimated dollar amount for a talent in today's american dollars i've heard figures that that gave a talent the equivalent of six hundred thousand dollars per talent so the person with five talents would have been entrusted with three million dollars in the parable, he doubled his five talents to 10. So he would have flipped his 3 million to become 6 million. The person with two talents would have been entrusted with around $1.2 million. He also flipped his and doubled it. So he would have turned his 1.2 million into 2.4 million. The person with one talent was trusted with 600,000. Now, now it can be debated how much, how much a talent was worth in comparison to the American dollar. But one thing that's certain, a talent was an awful lot of money. It's a lot of money. The talents may be symbolic of our lives and what we do with the lives God has given us. More specifically, y'all, more specifically, the talents may represent our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our, our visions and our opportunities God has entrusted unto our care. It's, it's up to us to manage what he's given us so he'll receive a return on his investment. Each servant was entrusted with talents according to their ability. They are servants. They are servants. They belong to their master. They are servants. 
their will is surrendered to the will of their master. They are servants. They are not free to do what they want with their lives. They, the, the master determines what they will do with their lives. They are servants. They are not free to determine their own daily task. That's up to the master. Jesus told a parable, terrible, told a parable about talents being entrusted to the care of servants. The talents did not belong to them. The talents from the beginning to the end of the parable belonged to the master. We who follow Jesus, please hear me. We who follow Jesus are servants. We are not our own. We belong to him. Somebody holler, I belong to him. We surrender our lives to Jesus. We surrender our will to Jesus. We surrender our ambitions to Jesus. We surrender our gifts, our abilities, our strengths, our weaknesses, our pains, our traumatic experiences, everything that we have, all that we are, all that we've got, all that we have, all that we're not, it all goes in surrender to Jesus. We are his servants. Don't go through life as if Jesus is at your beck and call when you want him to be your doctor, your lawyer, or your provider, or your broken heart fixer, or your mind regulator, or your way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Make Jesus your master and live as a surrendered servant to his will. Your life is not your own. To him, you belong. So give yourself, give yourself away. The servants didn't receive talents based on their race, their education, their gender, their age. They were trusted with talents or these large sums of money, their master's money, based on their ability to manage it. And throughout the story, throughout the story, the master retains ownership of these talents. The servants received none of the money in the end. They didn't get a cut of the increase they generated. Whatever increase was generated was all returned to the master. He trusted them to manage the talents as capital and make moves with it, make, make business moves, make, make investments with it so, so that when he returned, he'd get back more than he'd given them initially. According to Jesus' story here, the master gives to each of the three servants according to their ability. It may not seem fair that one received five, another two, and another third, the third servant only one, but again, the master distributed the talents according to the ability of each servant. God determines what he gives us. I said God determines what he gives us. It's up to us to work what he gives us so he gets a return that pleases him. The talents were given with no instructions as to what was to be done with them. The master gave his talents or his money, his money to his service and went away to a far country. But then in verse 19, in verse 19, the Bible says after a long time, after a long time, after a long time. How, how long? Don't know. But it was a long time. Long enough to work what they'd been given and bring the, bring the master or an, an increase. After a long time, verse 19 says, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Reckon with them. He, he had to settle the accounts. He comes in to inspect what they'd done with his money. He comes in, he comes in like pimp of the year. Where my money? He comes to reckon, to settle the accounts. It's, he comes to inquire into their faithfulness and, and determines whether he's going to reward them or if they're going to be punished. One of the points Jesus wanted to convey with this parable is that the servants were expected to be prepared for this day of reckoning. 
all three servants thought they were. The one with the five talents thought he was ready. The one who had been given two talents thought he was ready. The one who had been given one talent thought he was ready for this reckoning day. Two were adequately prepared. One servant, unfortunately, was not. If we get nothing else from this parable, we need to get this. Prepare for judgment and do the most with what you have. Do the most with the gifts and abilities and opportunities with which God has entrusted unto your care. What you have been given by God is to be, is to be returned to him one day on the day of reckoning. Don't do what you want to do with your life. Do what God is trusting you to do with your life. So there was a day of reckoning. Let's look at what, how things went down for the servant with five talents. Servant who was given five talents. Verses 20 and 21. Verse 20, so, so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained five more. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will reward you. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. It's a good day for the servant who had been given five talents. Not because he had been given five talents, but because of what he did with what he'd been given. Then verses 22 and 23, there's a reckoning day. That same day, perhaps, is a reckoning day, a day to settle the accounts with the person who had been initially given two talents. Verse 22 says, he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou a good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. It's a good day. It's a good day for the person who had been given five talents. It's a good day for the person who had been given two talents. Not because of, what, not because of how much they've been given, but because of what they've done with what they've been given. Well done. That's what the master said. Well done. Well done. Well, well done. They were rewarded, y'all. With, with what they had done with the talents. I don't think they were necessarily rewarded for the results. For what they had accomplished. They were rewarded for their efforts. They were rewarded for what they did. Not for what they intended to do. The servants were rewarded for their faithfulness rather than their fruitfulness. The servants were rewarded for their faithfulness rather than their fruitfulness. Be faithful and do what the master, the Lord Jesus, is trusting you to do with your life, your gifts, your abilities, your purpose. Fruitfulness matters. Seeing fruit, seeing that what you're doing is making a difference, that matters. We want to make a difference with our gifts, with our abilities, with our strengths, with our talents, with our opportunities. We, we want to make a difference. We want to see that what we're doing for Christ, what we're doing with our lives, what we're doing with our sense of purpose is making a difference. Fruitfulness matters. But faithfulness matters much, much more. Be faithful even when it doesn't appear your efforts are fruitful. Sometimes when it doesn't appear we're fruitful, we get frustrated tempted to quit strive to be fruitful and do everything in your power to be fruitful to be effective and to be results oriented are y'all hearing me today but there's something much more important to God than you're being fruitful 
And that is that you are faithful. God is trusting you to be faithful. So be a faithful servant. Faithful servants are prepared servants. And another thing to consider is this. In addition to understanding a faithful servant is a prepared servant, understand this. The servants were rewarded for their faithfulness, not because they dedicated their lives to something they found fulfilling. The name of the game is not dedicating your life primarily to something you find fulfilling. The name of the game is being prepared for judgment because you dedicated your life to what you wholeheartedly believe the Lord was trusting you to do with it. Too many of us are opting out of being faithful in pursuit of what we find fulfilling. Sometimes you can have both. Sometimes you can have both faithfulness and fulfillment. Sometimes, however, you have to choose. And just because you do not find something fulfilling does not mean that it is, uh, not the, it is, that it is the will of God for you to choose to do something else. For those of you trying to decide right now between being faithful and finding something more fulfilling... Seek the Lord for what he is trusting you to do with the gifts, skills, abilities, opportunities, talents, and strengths that you have in this season. Seek, seek God for what he would have you to do. I, I feel your frustration. But just because you don't find something fulfilling does not mean that it's the will of God for you to go and find something else to do. Whatever he is trusting you to do, do that. But at the same time, hope I don't confuse you, but at the same time, the master did not give specific instructions to the servants as to what to do with the talents. He gave them the talents and it is as if they knew what to do with it and had the freedom to determine how they do business with their master's money. There's one more guy we got to talk about and I'm done. This, this one talent servant. There's a day of reckoning with the servant trusted with one talent. Look at verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, he think he ready. Listen to him. Yeah, he think he ready. He, he think, I could imagine. I could imagine if he'd been talking to the other cats. No, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. He's going to say, I'm going to tell him. He just, listen, hey, I'm going to tell him. I'm just telling This 75 pound, can you imagine him lugging these 75 pounds and with, with his little story in his mind? Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. I know you. And I was so intimidated by how, how I know you, I was afraid that I'd lose your money. So I went and I buried it. I buried it. So I know how you get down. Verse 25, I was afraid. Went and hid thy talent in the earth. I know it's your money. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. In other words, all that you've entrusted me with, uh, every penny of it is right there. Every, every bit of it. And I haven't lost anything. Every bit of it is right there. His Lord answered him in verse 26, thou wicked and slothful servant. This servant messed up. Not a good day. Not, not a good day. They took the master's talent and buried it. They said they were afraid and hid it. Look at what fear did to him. 
Look, look at what fear caused him to do with what his master had trusted him to invest. Look at how his fear prevented him from being faithful. It kept him from trying. That's the problem. His fear kept him from trying. That's why the master is rebuking him. This servant didn't even try to invest the talent. He put forth a lot of effort bearing it though. How long would it take you to bury 75 pounds of silver? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. His fear kept him from being blessed. His fear kept him from being blessed. His fear kept him from being rewarded. His fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. As Paul admonished Timothy, let's stir up the gifts God has given us. Don't let fear prevent you from being faithful. You've been given power, love, and discipline. I want to encourage you today to work it. Work, work the power God has given you. Work the love God has given you. Work that sound mind God has given you. That sound mind can also be interpreted discipline. Don't let fear keep you from being rewarded. Don't, don't let fear keep you from being blessed. Don't let fear keep you from being used of God. Don't let fear keep you from being a blessing to people who need God to use you so they can be blessed. Don't let fear stop you. Work it according to how you believe the Lord is trusting you to work it. How you work your power, love, and sound mind will differ from how I work the power, love, and sound mind I've been given, but you got to work it. Work it as if you want to hear the master say, well done, good and faithful servant. Overcome that fear with the determination to be found faithful. Overcome that fear believing what you do for Christ will change someone's life or even save someone's life. One of the sons of Union Grove pastors, uh, the New Hope Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, Pastor Camille Holmes. Pastor Camille Holmes has testified in, in conversations with me more than one time how he grew up right here around Union Grove. And I, I don't believe his, uh, I don't know if his family was really going to church or whatever, but he, he testified how Union Grove saved his life. That there were men in this church that, that reached out to him and corrected him when he was messing up. He told, he told me more than one time, Union Grove saved my life. You could be the reason someone's life is saved. You, you could be the reason someone changes their life. You could be the reason somebody gets off alcohol. You, you could be the reason somebody begins to leave crack cocaine alone. You, you could be the reason someone gives their life to Christ. You could be the reason why someone comes out of darkness for real and lives in the kingdom of light. You, you could be that someone, but not if you're afraid. Not a fear is going to keep you from opening your mouth. Not a fear is going to keep you from sharing your testimony. Not a fear is going to keep you from letting your light so shine. Not a fear is going to keep you from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You could be the vessel God uses to save or change someone's life. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Let him have his way with your life. Let him have his way with your gifts. Let him have his way with your talents, your skills, your testimony, your strengths, and your vision. This one talent servant. Just knew he was ready. What you gonna tell him? I'm gonna tell him. I was scared. I'm gonna tell him. He he know how he be doing. He was called wicked and slothful. This hit me just this morning. You think he'd been commended for his integrity? After all, he returned all the master had given him. 
He didn't go blow it on a shopping spree. He didn't go, he didn't pull up in a Bentley with, with half a talent. Look, hey man, look, I'm, I'm saying though, like, I got half your money. And, and, and I, I got robbed and somebody took, don't mind the Bentley. I was already going to get me a Bentley for you left. He, he didn't blow his master's money on a shopping spree. He didn't blow his master's money on crack cocaine or weed. He, he didn't get all of his boys and make it rain with 75 pounds of talent at the strip club. He didn't lose it gambling on the Falcons or the Lakers. He'd have show lost every penny. <laughs> he gave it all back to the master, but he was not commended on any integrity at all. He was rebuked for being wicked and slothful. You would think that our loving, compassionate Savior, who's the God of another chance and the God of all grace, would have told him, all right, you're, you're afraid. You're, you're, you, you've had insecurities, and we all have insecurities, and and, and perhaps you need a mental health break. Maybe I should have provided some mental health uh, tr training for you before I gave you my talent. How, how, much, how can you expect people who have mental health issues and insecurity issues to manage money well? I, maybe I should have ministered to your mental... No, you're wicked. I was scared. You're wicked. Wicked and lazy. Not commended for any integrity. He was not commended for any good intentions. He may have had good intentions seeing that he didn't want to lose any of his master's money. Good intentions don't matter. Some folks have said the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. May have had good intentions, didn't want to lose any of his master's money. Good intentions don't matter. Remember, the servants trusted with five and two talents were told they did well. They had done well. They didn't intend to do well. They didn't come to the master saying, Master, you know my heart. You, you know my heart. That's what some of y'all are going to say. You, you knew my heart. Yeah, you're wicked. You, you knew my heart. You, you knew my heart was in the right place, though, Lord. You knew my heart was in. you wicked. Good intentions don't matter here. Only what you do for Christ will last. The servant was rebuked. He was afraid because of his master. Here's what he said in New Living Translation, verse 24, New Living Translation. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at the minimum Deposit my money in the bank. At least I could have gotten some interest on it. The master didn't deny the servant's claims. Here, here's the truth. It's not to paint a picture of Jesus being harsh. Jesus tells this part of the story to make it, make it plain. This servant with the one talent, he knew his master. He knew what he expected. He, he should have known better than to do what he did with what he was given. The master didn't even deny the servant's claim, the bottom line is the servant knew his master and should have been prepared for his return. He knew his master. He should have been prepared for his return, and he wasn't prepared. The servant will now regret being negligent with what his master has entrusted unto his care. He has no excuse, and some of us have none either. No excuse. 
No excuse for letting, letting your job get all of what God has put into you and you don't have any time or energy left to really do it, put it in, in a way that advances the kingdom of God. You, no excuse. No excuse for every other sector of society. Everybody else gets all your time. Everybody else gets all your energy. And then when it comes to the things of God, you got to check your schedule. Let somebody else say, yeah, I'll be right there. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm down. You know I'm down. You know I'll be there. You'll be right there. But then when it comes to the things of God, you always got to check. Then, then you got to be reminded. Then you don't show up. You didn't remind me. They didn't have to remind you about all that other stuff you're doing. Ain't nobody calling you all that other stuff. Ain't nobody reminding you. But when it comes to the things of God, you, you didn't remind me. Now, we, we got these dumb phones here. You can put stuff in there. You can set alerts. You can be notified a week in advance. Then get another alert two days in advance. Then get another one one day. Then get another one 30 minutes, two hours, 30 minutes. No excuse. Why is it that folk got to remind you about the meeting at the church? Why folk got to remind you about stuff when it comes to the kingdom? But ain't nobody got to remind you about all that other stuff you're doing. This servant will now neglect be, regret being negligent with what his master has entrusted unto his care. He should have been prepared. That's what this parable is about. One day judgment is coming. You need to make sure you are prepared. Amen. One thing, and I'm closing with this. One thing all three servants had in common is that they are assumed to be Jews. Jesus taught this parable to Oppressed Jews who would have probably assumed the story was about Jews just like them. And Jews had few rights in the Roman Empire. Most Jews were poor and had very limited opportunities to accumulate wealth. But here they are handling what's the equivalent of millions of dollars. They could understand the realities and relationships of slaves to their masters. They expected their Messiah to bring about an end of things to include this oppression and bring them to a place where they'd, be, they'd become the ones in power. They'd have, they would be the ones handing out millions of dollars for other, people to have, for other people to handle and manage. But they all needed to understand this. All three servants had something to offer. And I want to leave you with that today. God has given you something. You have something to offer. Maybe you can't sing like everybody on the praise team, but you have something to offer. You, maybe you, you don't feel comfortable being all, you, you're not comfortable being all out front. You don't have to be all out front, but you have something to offer. Maybe, may, maybe you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to be the one preaching with a microphone or teaching a class, but, but you have something to offer. Don't allow what you don't do well to eclipse what God has given you and is trusting you to use so you can be a blessing to somebody. You have something to offer. Every follower of Jesus has something to offer. God has given you something and he's trusting you to use it for his glory. Don't hide it. Don't bury it. Don't let fear keep you from trying to do good with it. So we walk away from this parable with these truths to prayerfully ponder. Be prepared to stand before Christ in judgment. That's one. Here's a second one. Follow the Lord as a servant. A servant. It's wonderful you trust him for healing and breakthroughs and miracles. Follow him as a servant. Surrender to him and follow him as a servant. Third thing I'd encourage you to prayerfully ponder. Do the most with what the Lord has entrusted unto your care. 
all of us have something that God has given us. He's trusting us. So many times we look at how we, we look at how we trust in God. But have you ever looked at God as the one who's trusting you? I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to work what I've given you. I'm I know you've been frustrated. I know you may have not seen the fruit you wanted to see, but I, be faithful. Do the most of what the Lord has entrusted unto your care. Here's the fourth thing I prayerfully I encourage you to prayerfully ponder. Live a life God will reward rather than a life you will regret. Live a life God will reward rather than a life you will regret. The, the one with the, two, the five talents, he was rewarded. The one with the two talents, he was rewarded. The one with the one talent, he regrets bearing that talent. He regrets that fear uh, keeping him from being faithful. Live a life God will reward rather than a life you will regret. And finally, be faithful. Be faithful in work rather than fearful and wicked. Be faithful in work rather than fearful and wicked. Be faithful in work rather than fearful and wicked. Be faithful in work. Do the most with what you got. Don't worry about the one who got five. Don't worry about the, don't be intimidated by the one who got two. You work what you got. You work what you've been given. And the truth is, as I'm done being done, some of us, I'm proving I'm done. I'm turning my iPad off. I'm done. I'm done for real. Some of us need to declare today, I got to get my life together. I got to get my life together. I'm not ready to stand before Jesus. I got to get my life together. I've not, I've not, I have not managed what he's trusted me with. I let some other stuff get in the way. I let some other stuff shut me down. For the one talent servant, it was fear. For some of y'all, it might be frustration with some other stuff you stand before Jesus and he's going to be looking for all of us to be faithful in it in, in, in inside of that faithfulness is you serve until you can't serve no more you you manage what he's given you until you just you can't manage it anymore is faithful not faithful up until you don't want to do it no more faithful period faithful period faithful period some of us need to confess I gotta get my act together I gotta get my life together God is trusting me God has given me gifts abilities strengths he's trusting me trusting me if you receive that word would you put your hands together and give God praise This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.